Welcome to the Love Your Life Podcast. My name is Stephanie. I'm a health and life coach, fitness enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a triathlete's wife. I am here to share my tips to help you create harmony on all aspects of your life, health, career, spirituality, relationships, and personal development. Every week, you will be inspired to create a life you love and deserve. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is your girl, Stephanie. And today I'm going to touch base about the ketogenic diet. Now, I've talked about the ketogenic diet in past episodes, number 37, where I talk a little bit more in depth than I am today about the ketogenic diet and whether or not it is right for you. And that's when I was covering the various different types of diets, such as ketogenic, intermittent fasting, plant-based, and those were episodes 36 all the way to episode 39. So go back and check out on those. And then I also had interviewed someone in regards to a plant-based ketogenic diet, which we talked about in length on episode number 18. So if you are interested after today's episode and still want to go into a little bit more and try a ketogenic diet, then go back and see episode 18 in which I talked to Supriya about how she is able to incorporate it into her plant-based um, lifestyle, which is very difficult for a lot of people to do. So if that's someone that you want to, uh, that's been that you want to explore, then check that out. That's also one of our um, higher um, number of plays for that episode. Um, that was a really, really popular one. So Again, if that's something that interests you, go back and check out that one. So I wanted to talk today about my opinion when it comes to ketogenics. A lot of times I don't really put my opinion out there. I like to just give you some hard facts when it comes to it. This time people have been asking me like, okay, Stephanie, you know, um, ketogenic diet has been around for quite a while. What is your opinion on it? And I talk about the pros and cons, which I'm going to talk about today but I'm also going to dive deeply into my opinion when it comes to the ketogenic diet, if I tried it, what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, and what I recommend. So if that is something that you are like, I want to hear from you, what is your opinion on it, then stay tuned for this episode. But before we dive into my opinion about it, just as a little recap in case you haven't heard the previous episodes about ketogenic diet, I am just going to give you a quick recap of what it is. Again, you probably have heard it a lot, um, keto diet, ketogenic diet, whatever it may be, you've heard one of those things. And the simplest way to describe it is that it's a diet that allows the body to transition into a sustainable state of nutritional ketosis, where the body has flipped its metabolic switch from using glucose, which is coming from carbohydrates, to using fat and ketones for fuel. I have you probably heard me talk about this before, that the two fuel sources that you are going to have when it comes for energy and to be able to do your day-to-day activities, to stay alert for your brain and your body to function, is going to be 
glucose, which comes from carbohydrates and fat sources. With the ketogenic diet, it's essentially mimicking what your body happens to do when we are on a fast. And this diet actually is not just been popular in the last couple of years. It dates back until 1921 when Russell Ryder of um, the Mayo Clinic developed a more sustainable alternative to fasting for treating epilepsy. So there's a lot of research that goes behind this diet. It's been around for quite a while. It's just become a lot more popular as of recently as people have tried this diet and have seen some amazing dramatic weight loss results when it comes to it. But really, it was built in the first place to help treat different things like epilepsy. This diet is high in fat, moderate in protein, and very low in carbohydrates. So a little bit different than the Atkins diet, which was low carbs, um, high protein, and then also like moderate amount of fat. And a lot of people were having a hard time with that diet because there just wasn't enough energy. A lot of people were saying like, yeah, I'm losing weight, but I'm miserable. My brain, my head hurts. I'm not able to focus. I have no energy. It's because it wasn't enough fat or enough carbohydrates to be able to suffice for that. What this diet does, the ketogenic diet does, is it suppresses the insulin just like fasting would. The only difference is that the fat from the diet is fueling your ketone production, whereas during starvation, those ketone production is fueled by stored body fat. That being said, it can be a very difficult um, diet to do because you are in a ca uh, calorie deficit and you might want to practice a variation of different types of fasting so you'll be able to tap into those fat stores. You probably see a lot of people who are also on the ketogenic diet. They are doing intermittent fasting so they can rev up those um, ketones. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Not in great length. Again, you can go and check out one of the previous episodes when I talk about intermittent fasting and how to necessarily do that. I'm not going to talk about those protocols today, but I am going to say that you can get into that ketosis state by doing the fasting. So the ratio for your macronutrients on a ketogenic diet can vary amongst each individual, but they're going to typically fall within these ranges. For fat, because again, this is mostly fat-based and not necessarily carbohydrate-based, uh, fat is going to be about 60 to 85% of your calorie nutrients are going to come from fat. Protein, again, is moderate. It's going to be 15 to 35%, and then carbohydrates is going to be on the low side, so it's going to be 0 to 10%. So this is going to look like no more than like 50 grams of um, net carbohydrates. So that means like when you're taking your carbohydrates and you subtract the amount of fiber, that's going to be your net carbohydrates. Roughly about 1 to 1.8 grams of protein per um, pound of lean body mass. So not your total body mass, but the actual muscular amount of uh, mass that you have. And then the remainder is going to come from your fat, just to make sure that you are able to feel fully satisfied. And again, a lot of people, they actually um, will be doing intermittent fasting to also help them maintain that ketosis. So you're probably now saying like, all right, you mentioned ketosis a few times. So what is it? Well, our bodies figured out quite a long time ago, about 2 million years ago, that if we're going to survive as a species, we need to figure out a way to live without having any access to food. So think about back in the hunter and gatherer times or the caveman times in which you would go for a long length of time without having any food. <clears throat> it might be seasons in which food was very barren, 
Um, you might not have had a kill in quite a while. So you need to find a way to have an alternative fuel source that is not coming from glucose. It's not coming from the vegetables or the um, fruits that you might have gathered or any kind of grains if they had grains back then, right? So the way that they did this was that they would tap into the fat. And so this will help be able to keep your energy levels up so that you'll be able to survive and also be able to have you to be able to think because the last thing you want is to be in this numb state and then a predator comes in after you and you can't even figure out a way to get out of the situation. So when our glucose dwindles from our blood and um, goes into our liver, Mostly what ends up happening is that any of those excess glucose things turn into fat. So I tell people all this all the time. Um, you can easily gain weight when you're eating a lot of carbohydrates because any excess of the carbohydrates that you are not using as a fuel source is going to turn into fat into your liver. Your liver does this because, again, over 2 million years ago, and you need a way of being able to store something in case they, there's a starvation point and you don't have access to food. So your body ends up utilizing that excess body fat that you have as a fuel source down the line if you aren't having any meals for quite a while. Nowadays, that's not typically the case, but our body still functions in that manner. So when you go into ketosis by going into a fast, what ends up happening is that you have pretty much used up all of the um, glucose in your body and are now going into utilizing the fat, the, any of the body fat in order to have that as uh, a fuel source. And so that's the process that ends up taking um, place. So you might be asking like, well, okay, how long does it take an, an individual to enter into the state of ketosis? It takes, I want to kind of break it down, 0 to 12 hours on ketosis. Your fuel source is still glucose from circulation and previously consumed carbohydrates. At that 12 to 24-hour mark of on, on keto, now your fuel is source, the glucose from your liver um, glycogen stores. And then one to seven days on this keto um, version of a diet, now you're having your glucose is from amino acids or dietary protein. And day um, three, kind of onward, the ketones from your stored body fat and or dietary fat ketogenesis. This stage overlaps with the glucogenesis, which is when the glucose is coming from the amino acids or the dietary protein as the body progressively shifts towards ketosis. And in the remainder time, so like the day three onwards, um, then your fuel source is the ketones from the stored body fat and or dietary fat, which is ketosis. Glucose utilization diminishes and the ketones are free fatty acids becomes the body's major fuel source. So you go from pretty much from day three onward, you're now are going to that point of um, going into the keto, ketogenic state. So you're probably thinking, okay, well, if I'm planning on doing this, what are some of the things I need to be looking at as far as a food source? Because I can't just starve myself for three something. I mean, you could, but it's not wise to starve yourself for um, three days in order to get into ketosis. You probably still need to have some form of food and energy in order to do your day-to-day -day functions, especially if you are looking to be active. 
So again, we want to, when on a ketogenic diet, you want to focus mostly on having ample amount of fat, a little bit of protein, and minimum carbs while still getting plenty of fiber. This is the key. So a lot of people who don't do this on the ketogenic diet, <laughs> they do a thing called like, I would consider like more like a dirty keto versus a clean keto, where dirty is like their carbohydrates is coming from like crap food and there's not enough fiber in it. And then they have a hard time having um, eliminations and you need to eliminate like daily, preferably a couple of times a day, possibly like up to three times a day after every single meal. Otherwise you're going to have a lot of this food just kind of sitting in your stomach (coughs) and rotting. And again, this is kind of heavy food. So you don't want to have this sitting in your stomach for a long period of time. So some of the things that you can eat or you would want to consider eating while on a ketogenic diet is fatty cuts of meat, Poultry on the skin, like so not having boneless, skinless, but having the skin on with the any poultry. Fatty fish, eggs, high fat nuts and seeds such as macadamia nuts, hemp seeds, things like that. Low carbohydrate fibrous vegetables such as green leafy vegetables, lettuces, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, celery, zucchini, cucumbers, and mushrooms. Quality oils and fats, so these are your avocado, your coconut oil, your extra virgin olive oil, grass-fed butter or ghee, and MTC oil. Low sugar fruits, such as your olives, yes, that's one of my favorite things, and olive is a fruit, same thing as avocados, berries and coconuts, and then full fat dairy, so this is only if you do not have a dairy sensitivity, which I do. Um... Other things that you are going to want to avoid while being on a ketogenic diet. So you want to avoid these to keep your carb count low enough to enter into that state of ketosis, legumes. And so I like, these are like your lentils, your pulses and things like that. I like them, but for the ketogenic diet, it's high amount of carbohydrates. So you want to take rid of that. Of course, it's going to be your grains. So any whole grains, flours, and baked goods. Glycemic sweeteners such as refined sugar, honey, maple syrup, coconut sugar, agave. You're probably like, everything I love. Uh, High sugary fruits, so anything that's super sweet. And starchy vegetables such as your potatoes, beets, carrots, and yams. Now, let's talk about some of the benefits really quickly. Some of the benefits of going into this ketogenic diet is that number one, it's going to help you have an appetite control and weight loss, which is why most people are trying to do this diet in the first place. So again, it is known as having an appetite suppressant effect because you are eating fat and fat's going to make you feel a lot fuller because it has higher calories than any of the other items. This is also due to eliminating the fluctuations in the glucose and insulin um, from your carbohydrate-based diet. And again, you are going into that ketosis, so you essentially have access to unlimited fuel. Um, Since you are pretty much wearing it, it's all on your body, right? Not to mention that the fat in combination with protein is very satisfying, meaning that it can keep your sugar um, levels low, it keeps you fuller longer, and so you are not craving as much stuff. And therefore, because you are not eating as much and your body is not going into this ketosis because it now knows to burn any of the excess fat on your body as a source of fuel, you are able to lose weight. Right? The other one is it's good for your brain health, right? So we would be remiss to not mention that. When it comes to your brain, your brain loves ketosis. 
The brain thrives on ketosis because of a wide variety of mechanisms from energy metabolism to the signaling roles of ketones. This is very beneficial to be in the ketogenic state. Um, your brain really, really likes it. Again, it goes back to that survival mode. Other things is that you have a sustained amount of energy. Appetite is not the only thing that really helps with the trends of glucose and insulin. I always talk about when your glucose levels spike and then crash. That's typically when your energy levels also deplete. You're on that crazy roller coaster, and that's also the time in which you are looking for other forms of energy, whether it is a sweet or salty snack that's high in carbohydrates or looking for something like coffee or any kind of caffeinated beverages, maybe it's a monster energy drink, whatever it may be. This is why so many people after lunch, they are like, I need to take a nap. So if that is you, maybe the ketogenic diet would be a great way for you to go and look into it. Another one is an improved metabolic health. All right. This is the fourth like really good reason on why or benefit of the ketogenic diet. With the rate of metabolic disease plaguing this whole country, including the world, because of our lifestyle choices, <clears throat> insulin resistance is tied in one way or another to practically all modern chronic diseases, and ketogenic diet has been shown in several studies to help improve glucose control or um, lowering the glucose exposure by improving our sensitivity to insulin. So if you are diabetic <clears throat> or pre-diabetic, this is going to be a good one for you. Now, again, I would be remiss to just not just talk about the pros. I also am going to talk about the cons because this is also going to go and segue into my thoughts about the whole diet in the first place. So some of the side effects of this is that you can have electrolyte imbalance. Um, so this is dealing with your sodium, potassium, and magnesium levels. They play a huge role balancing and maintaining various biological functions. On the diet, there's a chance that you might run into symptoms of electrolyte imbalance, such as muscle cramps, headaches, and fatigue. If you are an athlete, you need to, especially endurance athlete, you need to have some caution when it comes to this. Other people also get these symptoms that are considered the keto flu. I'm not going to dive into that, but take a look at that. That is keto, K-E-T-O, and then flu, F-L-U. So take a look into what that is. And this can be because the low insulin levels due to the carbohydrate restriction on the ketogenic diet triggers the kidneys to hold onto less water, causing a loss of not only fluid, but electrolytes as well. So to avoid this, make sure that you are salting your food and taking electrolyte supplements to be able to circumvent the potassium problem. You also would want to take a magnesium supplementation to avoid the um, levels of magnesium to be decreased. Short-term decrease is an of um, intense exercise, so high-intensity exercise, that explosive high-intensity exercise that you might like to have, or like um, a good one would be like CrossFit-style exercise, has a large demand on glucose. <clears throat> you need, I mean, if you think about it, like those high sprints, a lot of those high um, repetitive movements, fast and stuff like that you need to have some form of glucose to be able to do. So you might find that things like doing your sprints or your high intensity workout, this is going to have some kind of a deficit just because you are not going to have that excess glucose to give you that energy that you need to have. And then another one, which might not be a problem for some people, but for those that are don't have a lot of weight to lose or looking to use the ketogenic diet for other things besides weight loss, is that you can lose too much weight. Um, weight loss 
is probably, again, what drew you to the ketogenic diet in the first place. But for those that are using the diet for any other reasons that are at a healthy weight or whatever it may be, this can be a problem is that you can lose way too much weight. And then the big thing that becomes very cumbersome for a lot of people is that if you want to know if your body is truly in a state of nutritional ketosis, you need to actually test. And so a lot of people skip this part when it comes to the ketogenic diet. And then when I mention that, like, are you testing? And I talk about the various forms of tests, they're like, oh my gosh, this is like way more cumbersome than I thought it would be. Because a lot of times people are looking for a diet that's going to actually simplify their life and not make it even more complex. And when you have to do things like testing, if you are in ketosis, it just adds an extra layer onto the, the um, task of things that you already have to do, such as finding the low carbohydrate foods, making sure that you're meal prepping, all of that stuff, make sure you're exercising, yada, yada, yada. So the ways to test is doing a blood test, a urine test, and a breath test. And so the blood test, um, this is done most accurate way of assessing if you are in ketosis. This requires a blood ketometer and measuring levels of your BHB um, for the body's ketones. The other one, and you probably see more people do this one because they don't want to do blood testing all the time. And this is a urine test. And you can find these things on Amazon, all over the place, which you can actually see if your body is in that ketogenic state. And then the last one is a breath test. And breath ketones test is less common method of testing ketones, but emerging technologies are quite accurate. So you can be able to find one of these technologies that does a breath ketone analyzer to measure the amount of ketones in your body. All right. So before I go into um, how to start this diet, if that's something that you are interested in, I want to give you my opinion when it comes to this. I've helped tons of people um, go through the ketogenic diet. Some that want to do ketogenic, intermittent fasting, and plant-based, which is very, very complicated. And I would say, first and foremost, if you're looking to start this diet, do it slowly. All right. Give yourself some time. <laughs> um, Make sure that you're fully prepped and that you have a support system, maybe even hiring yourself a coach like myself or um, just having a support group. I highly recommend taking it one step further than just a support group, but making sure that if you are in a support group, that the person that is running the support group has a lot of experience or background in nutritional science so that they are able to fully support you every single step of the way and not just someone that has been trying this diet trend for the last couple of months and saw some results. What I noticed is that a lot of people, they do great for maybe a couple of months, up to a year, and then they fall off of it. When it comes to diet trends, and I will say this all the time, any form of diet, right, you need to have sustainability and consistency. You are not able to see the long-term effects if you can't do it on a consistent basis. So if you're looking for a short-term thing, this might not be your thing. Um, you also need to take into consideration that everyone's bodies is a little bit different. So definitely make sure that you talk to a doctor about doing this before anything else, especially if you're dealing with cholesterol issues. Not saying that this is going to really increase, but I have seen some people do the ketogenic diet and they eat unhealthy amounts of fat, like they're not the good fat that I listed earlier, but some of the bad fat, and then their cholesterol levels are skyrocketing. Um, again, you want to make sure that you don't get into things like the um, keto flu and losing very vital 
um, nutrients such as your potassium, your magnesium, and your electrolytes, especially if you are an athlete. The last thing you want to do is be doing an endurance thing and then you fall apart. What I recommend more than the ketogenic diet, and I will say before I even go into that, I like the fact that we are focusing with the ketogenic diet on increasing your fat. That's great. Having more fat than carbohydrates is awesome. Having the amount of fat that the ketogenic diet has versus carbohydrates is a little alarming for me um, because I still want to make sure that you are getting ample amount of um, fiber in your diet and making sure that you're getting all of your nutrients, all your vitamins and minerals are going to come more from your fruits and your vegetables than they are going to come from your fat sources and your meat sources, right? So I really want to um, heat on that. The other thing I like about the ketogenic diet from a hormonal health aspect is the fact that as a woman, we need, we have fat, right? And so we need to make sure that we are putting fat into our bodies to support our hormone function properly. Otherwise, you start to see a lot of imbalances when it comes to that. And as you know, anyone that has an eating disorder, anorexia, bulimia, because there's not enough fat, they have a whole slew of hormonal health issues. Um, on the flip side, um, with the ketogenic diet, because they are recommending eating, you know, fattier cuts of meat and you know dairy, I'm not too keen on red meat per se, and I'm not too keen on dairy because these are the animals that typically have a lot of antibiotics and a lot of um, excess hormones in there. And studies have shown that it can cause an increase when it comes to estrogen levels and disruption when it comes to your hormones. So be cautious about that for sure. I actually recommend a lot of my clients to go for more of a balanced diet. Um, so that means that having a, a healthy amount of fat to support your hormonal health, having a good amount of carbohydrates, most of it coming from vegetables and fruit, less on the um, complex carbohydrates, the ones that are really he heavy and dense, like your pastas and things like that. And then having a moderate amount of protein, you don't have to go crazy high with the amount of protein. Um, but again, having a good amount of protein and the fat is also going to satisfy you. Um, and having the carbohydrates is going to give you your vitamins and your minerals and also give you a little bit of that energy that you need to have. Uh, if you are dealing with insulin stuff, of course, making sure that you are doing um, anything that is on the low glycemic index. And if you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to me. You can find my information in the show notes and I can send you a free guide on um, the high and low sugar impact foods so that you know that you are making sure that you're making wise choices, especially when it comes to your insulin levels. All right. So that is my opinion when it comes to it. I'm not 100% sold on it. I like to have a more balanced lifestyle. I think that it is beneficial when it comes to hormonal health. But at the end of the day, you need to ask yourself, is this something that I can sustain for the long run or is this a quick fix? If it is a quick fix, then I do not recommend doing this route. So if you are like, you know what, I'm still interested in doing it, then the first thing I want to say is make sure that you are working with someone that has a nutritional background such as myself or any other nutritionist or dietitian to make sure that they are creating a plan of action and um, action steps along the way to help you and support you throughout this process because it is going to be a shift. It's not something that you can do overnight. You want to make sure that you are fully prepared for it. All right. 
again. And if you are interested in starting, here are a couple of tips that I have for you. The first one is going to be focusing on eliminating the carbohydrates first before trying to focus on adding the fats. Because if you try to do both, you're not going to succeed too well when it comes to that. The other one is to make sure that you are supplementing with electrolytes and magnesium so that you are not getting the symptoms such as the keto flu that is associated with electrolyte imbalances and dehydration. Another one is don't stress over the keto readings at first. Um, that comes a little bit later on. So you don't want to make, you don't want to have that judginess on that and start freaking out about that. Track your macros is the next tip I have in the beginning to learn where the hidden carbs may be. So there's a lot of great apps out there that you can find to track your macronutrients. And again, feel free to reach out to me. I have my clients start tracking their macros just so they can find like some of the hidden sugars that might be in their condiments or wherever it may be where they could just start eliminating those things at first. And then finally, please, please, please do not be hard on yourself. The ketogenic diet is not supposed to be stressful, but a lot of people make it stressful. So if you happen to slip up and you eat a piece of bread or you have a piece of cake, your diet is not ruined internally. You are not a failure. You are not going to be fat for the rest of your lives. Um, so don't worry about that. Again, that is the reason why a lot of people like to hire a coach or a professional to work with them. I actually walk, work with my clients every single step of the day. They have access to me 24-7 via text message, email, support, whatever it may be. We get jump on phone calls when things are getting really, really tough. And I monitor everything to make sure that they are having an awesome day, that their energy levels are great, that their symptoms are reducing, that they're able to lose their weight, answer any questions that they may have. So if that's something that interests you and you're like, okay, Stephanie, I want to take this one step further. How do I do this? I want to try this diet or I want to try any kind of diet and I want the support that you're talking about. Feel free to go into the show notes. I'm actually going to leave a link in which you can book a 15-minute consultation with me and then we can talk a little bit more in depth about what your goals are. I can suggest a plan for you and then from there we can talk about what it would be like to work with one another. I hope you found this episode to be very informative and feel free to go over to my website and um, and check that out along with my official Facebook page where I'm going to be doing a lot more posting um, outside of this podcast to learn a lot more about different types of diet trends and everything else. All right, you guys, I hope you have a great day. And as always, if you like this episode, I know I'm asking you for a lot of things, but if you like this episode, please do me a favor and go over to your listening device and leave a rating and review and then also share with someone else that you think might benefit from this episode or any of the previous episodes. Have a great day and I will see you all next week. Thank you for tuning into Love Your Life podcast. All information and links for this podcast can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode and want to continue the conversation, you can email me at info at fitnesswellnesslife.com. And for more information to living a life you love, follow me on Instagram at FWL underscore Steph and on Facebook at Fitness Wellness Life. As always, you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me by going to www.fitnesswellnesslife.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in next week for another inspiring episode.